G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're asking today, why value Western civilization, And why are our universities turning their backs? The news broke just a few weeks ago. It was big in the headlines, as you'll recall, of the decision by the Australian National University to pull out of negotiations with a wealthy private donor, the Ramsey Centre for Western Civilization. It was over funding for a scholarship and teaching program in studies of Western Civilization. Well, since then, international commentators, including one whose name is Michael Rubin, is calling them a laughingstock. The ANU's Vice-Chancellor, Brian Schmidt, withdrew from the negotiations on the grounds of academic freedom, despite the fact that the Ramsey Centre did not intend any undue level of influence over the delivery of the programs. So we're taking the issue to a new level today, asking what's wrong or what's right about Western civilization, and why do some universities think it's dangerous to your education? Our special guest today has been outspoken about the Australian National University. He's legal philosopher Professor Augusto Zimmerman back with us today. Augusto is Professor of Law at Sheridan College, Faculty of Business. He's also Professor of Law Adjunct, the University of Notre Dame Australia School of Law in Sydney. He's Professor, he's President rather of the Australian West Australian Legal Theory Association, Editor-in-Chief of the West Australian Jurist and a former Commissioner with the Law Reform Commission of Western Australia. Augusto, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, Neil, it's a great pleasure to be having the opportunity to talk to you about this uh, important topic. Well, Augusto, it's hard to see that we are a product of Western civilization when we're born into it. Migrants who come to Australia from overseas can see the difference, uh, but ordinary Aussies don't seem to appreciate it. What are your thoughts about uh, ordinary Aussies taking for granted uh, the values of Western civilization? Well, this might be one of the results of the kind of indoctrination we have now in our universities, but also in high schools in Australia. So the fact that uh, the ANU administrators have uh, pulled out uh, of such a program is actually an evidence that um, they are not really keen on promoting Western values of tolerance, real tolerance, diversity, and I mean real diversity, and even equality before the law, regardless of color of skin, regardless of gender or ethnicity, because that is part of the Western tradition of treating everybody as individuals and having inalienable rights and rights that are very important for the democratic process, because we treat everybody equally before the law. That's, That's how it should be. 
Well, Augusto, some people might say, what are universities afraid of when it comes to these sorts of values of Western civilization? So is it a fear factor here or are there other issues at play? What are your thoughts? Well, it's it's quite clear to me that uh, the more extreme elements in our universities think that uh, appreciating these values, the Western values of individual rights, democracy, the rule of law, the students should rather embrace uh, their left own left-wing ideology. And they believe that these Western values are somehow oppressive and so, somehow xenophobic. But, uh, of course, this is an absurdity. It's totally false. Uh, even taken to the extreme, uh, to its extreme, I would say that this kind of indoctrination actually makes them, the students, uh, having difficulties to appreciate Western values. And that's, these are the values derived from our classical liberal Christian tradition, including human rights, including the concept of limited government under the rule of law. How many generations would it take if our brightest and best minds who go through our universities don't have an appreciation of those Western civilization values? How many generations, Augusto, before you've got a real deterioration and uh, something that might look like something we could never dream would ever happen in Australia? Well, look, uh, this indoctrination is uh, happening, and it's been in place for a long time, uh, so over a long period of time. And so what's happening here is that the students are unable to appreciate the values that made the country so uh, appreciated. These are values that um, even uh, brought uh, people to live in this country because they want to experience the values of Western civilization. And uh, it's going to be really difficult for these students to understand the importance of these values if we have this sort of um, active political indoctrination of the students. Uh, this, I believe it's going even to make them um, having difficulties to fight against uh, radicals that are championing hatred against the West. I think in many ways what we can see is even that some people who perhaps uh, coming from a different religious background actually supporting uh, the concept of waging war against the West. This can actually be inciting acts of terrorism even, uh, if, I, if I would say that this is the last uh, uh, resource as in the last instance, would actually cause this kind of moral uh, collapse in the minds of these students. It seems to be that people, when they think Western civilization, uh, connection to Christianity, that somehow or other, what comes along with that is oppression of minorities. Uh, what are your thoughts on the way that Western civilization exists in amongst all of these other ideologically driven uh, uh, philosophies, because uh, is is are we here in Western civilization? Are we oppressive to others? Are there minorities are who are at risk? Uh, what are your thoughts, Augusto? Well, it's it's very clear that this is the narrative that is being promoted by so many academics in this country. Uh, but you know, in many ways. Uh, I just wonder then why our country is so attractive to non-Western people who want to live in this Western nation. 
so it's um, it is a, a very interesting uh, uh, idea to think about why then these people would want to live in Australia if you are so oppressive if you deny human rights why is that the whole world would like to live in this place and um, and you see what's happening in Europe for instance with so many people wanting to migrate to that particular Western continent so uh, this uh, narrative is actually uh, not correct, as you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you read the Freedom uh, House uh, Index of Democracy and Human Rights, you're going to see that the Western countries are placed uh, above and first uh, as compared to the other uh, countries. Uh, I am living in this country, for instance, not coming from here, because I believed that here I would enjoy the, the rights and freedoms that perhaps I wouldn't in my native country. I'm not saying that my native country is, is a bad one, but I believe that Australia has inherited the values of Western civilization that brings about things that uh, I want to enjoy and, and pass on to my future generations. The value of the rule of law, the idea of individual rights and freedoms, it's a very important thing to conceive that these are actually cultural achievements as much as they are legal institutional ones. So we have to preserve our own identity, culturally speaking. But certainly that comes from a Christian foundation. And that's the same foundation, exactly the same foundation that created the first universities in the world. So it's quite ironic to see these academics criticizing Western civilization, probably because they have something against its belief system, that's namely Christianity, which is a gospel of love, by the way. Uh, but such a religion gave us the first universes in the world. So even the idea of universes is actually coming from the West. Augusto, listeners can hear your accent, and we haven't mentioned uh, in this conversation uh, your background. Uh, they can hear your accent. It's South American. And uh, when you start to talk about contrast between what it's like living in a Western civilization to uh, what it is in your own homeland, uh, give us a little, in a nutshell, recount of your uh, history here and what you see as special about the sort of Western civilization we have in Australia. Well, um, it, I came from a relatively westernized country called Brazil in South America. I was born in Rio de Janeiro. And um, one of the things that I learned there as a result of my uh, Christian uh, schooling, my Christian education, is that I should um, honor and appreciate the values that um, are basically a legacy of the Western culture, such as, for instance, the protection of the rule of law, individual rights, and so forth. So I came to this country because I believed that we could be able, my family, to enjoy more of these blessings. And certainly, Brazil has uh, a legacy that's important to the world as well. They are very creative people. They, have, they are very good on, on sports. And certainly the best aspects of this particular culture are also derived from the Christian faith. I have no doubts about that. 
Okay, when we talk about universities, and this is why this is so important, is that uh, oftentimes uh, that it's the shape of a culture that emanates from those who are, and I mentioned a little earlier, those brightest minds that are graduating from the universities, they are actually shaping the culture of the nation. And so if there's something wrong there, then the future looks grim. Uh, If it goes right, the future looks bright. So as you look at the way that universities are, and perhaps even a broad a broad survey in your own thoughts, Augusto, about where universities are going in Australia. Are we in for a grim future because of the way that students appear to be shaped, or is there some bright light of hope somewhere in there? Well, I would say that um, it also depends on, on us, uh, now that uh, you see public universities uh, openly rejecting the prospect for uh, create, uh, the creation of a center for the study of Western civilization, it's very clear that uh, Western civilization as a concept has um, enemies at universities in Australia. It's quite clear that the left has um, won, in this sense, uh, the war, the culture war at universities. And... Um, there are now very uh, few, uh, not only uh, a, f- a couple of conservatives uh, left behind, but these people are quite uh, uh, intimidated because uh, uh, they are clearly in the, majo- in the minority, not in the majority. So the decline of standards in higher education is actually uh, associated with these uh, kind of uh, ideological condition. It's an anti-intellectual condition because it's a condition where cultures are more important than intellectual argument, where multiculturalism is more important than the fair understanding of different cultures and religions. So Australian universities, I would say, uh, they, are, they should be not imposing a viewpoint, but should uh, be able to really discuss all viewpoints, including the Christian one. So... I think we should have here a frank and relaxed discussion about arguments, even over moral judgments. It's very important. That's the whole approach that we had in the past, and that certainly brought about things that are so important to us now, and I think in many ways associated with the things that made us so great, this country so good. Augusto, what are your thoughts on the reaction since this whole controversy broke just a few weeks ago? Because is there the sense in which you might hear of Christian leaders or Christians who are seeing a controversy like this, recognising the connection between Western civilization and Christian values and seeing a rejection from universities, are people throwing their hands up in the air saying, oh, woe is us, uh, we're defeated, and uh, this is, uh, you know, the sky is falling? Or is there a real passion that is arising in Christian leaders, in those leaders who are influential by way of universities, uh, who are saying, well, this is part of the challenge. You know, for thousands of years, 2,000 years, we've been uh, fighting a fight and uh, the fight's not over yet. What are your thoughts on what the reaction of Christians that you've spoken to about the controversies as they've been raging? Well, look, in many ways, the, the, the main problem is that we, the Christians, uh, and I include myself uh, as a, amongst them, uh, we were really um, not very active in, 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 in the culture. 
so Marxism, in many ways, uh, did a better job than Marxists, and it remains now the prevailing ideology in academic life. So, for instance, you have uh, uh, sub-Marxist, if I can say, or perhaps cultural Marxist ideas, which are responsible, for instance, for uh, many, many theories, such as radical feminist theory, multiculturalism, postmodern theory, political correctness. These are neo-Marxist approaches, uh, basically replacing the idea of the struggle of class with something that we could say struggle of gender, race, and so forth. So what I believe we have to do as Christians is to not give away the culture. We need to continue our, our, our influence. It's very important to understand that this is uh, something that uh, is quite tragic because we are losing our kids even in the process. It's quite familiar and a tragic story of young people, young Christians losing their faith even when they happen to be raised in very good Christian homes because of the level of indoctrination that's taking place. I believe what we have to do as good Christians is what God calls us to do, that's to reform the culture, is to be influential in the local, local spheres of power, and they would say even influential in the families, churches, schools. We have to be bold and courageous. And if Christianity is true, then it will, it will be better, a better approach, even to the other social lives and activities. So what I have to say to you is that we have to be doing what God called us to do, that is to exercise the great, the great, uh, uh, the great commandment of God, that's to be salt and light. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Perhaps you've been through university. You might have your own thoughts on what is happening to our universities. Our special guest this hour and talking about Western civilization, Professor Augusto Zimmerman, legal philosopher. Augusto, we'll take some calls in just a short while, but you mentioned that terminology, neo-Marxist ideology. It's become the preferred ideology in Australian universities and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the contrast because if you're going to reject courses about Western civilization, then then surely there ought not to be necessarily preferences given to other ideologies but that's not the case. There seems to be a, an overbalanced preference towards Islam and other even dangerous ideologies. Uh, that, that's absolutely right. Uh, when when you have this situation at ANU, uh, the media uh, disclosed this bizarre situation where a university already has centers to promote, for instance, Islamic civilization and Arabic uh, culture. And it's financially uh, sponsored by even uh, some of these centers, Islamic regimes in the Middle East. Um, so I doubt that at the centers, the students you learn about the Islamic world properly. For instance, uh, I, I, I wonder whether they are teaching the levels of intolerance in this world towards Christians, Jews, women, homosexuals, etc. So I would say to you that uh, in many ways this is a very uh, disturbing thing because uh, it's not true to say that um, the universities do not receive 
financial assistance to develop a, a certain idea, such as the idea of Western civilization. ANU, for instance, has its own center, a center for Arab and Islamic studies that receives money, as it is the media telling us, uh, even the Australian newspaper published an article, money donated from places such as Turkey, uh, the United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Iran, and these are not very nice, decent uh, regimes. You know, they, they oppress women, they they violate human rights, and the ANU has uh, not opposed this kind of financial assistance. Why is that? That one, when you want to promote uh, individual rights, uh, women's rights, through the concept of Western values attracted so many people to live in Australia, and you refuse to do so. That doesn't make any sense to me, and it's pretty disturbing, actually. It's uh, it's interesting to note that how you can make these sorts of assessments, uh, where the dollars are coming from to sponsor these preferred ideologies, and when you say uh, that dollars are coming from offshore to sponsor these particular courses in Australian universities, and then you have a rejection of dollars uh, that are coming from this uh, the Ramsey Centre uh, to sponsor something that has a positive idea of the virtues. Uh, this yeah. is where the contrast really gets interesting because uh, the dollars count here, but it's very unusual for a university to knock back funding. Yes, indeed. Well, we have seen Islamic countries investing in university education around the Western world very substantially, you must say. And we know that, that ANU has this program of Arabic and Islamic studies and received millions of dollars in funding from Arabic and Islamic countries. There's then, I would say, a question then that needs to be answered. Why is that that Australian universities can uh, discuss these issues of econ uh, academic autonomy in some areas of the studies, whereas uh, others are not, um, uh, the idea of academic autonomy is not regarded as being so uh, important? Certainly, I would say that in these centers, it would be very hard to get someone who would invite me to present a paper or to invite a person who thinks that we should uh, have some kind of regard for the nation of Israel, for instance. But above all, I will tell you that um, any decent university, I'm talking about a decent one, would be very proud to host a center to study the legacy of our civilization. Because... Um, this is our values and our culture. If you are not teaching our students the whole thing about our civilization, then you are not really providing a picture, a complete picture of who they are, including where they come from and where they are living in our democratic society. So it's about um, being able to provide different perspectives, different opinions and different values. And I think that's what is so important in a democratic and, and truly tolerant society. Diversity of opinions, diversity of ideas, and this idea that uh, we should even understand better our own culture and our own values so that we will not repeat the mistakes of the past and you'll be able to appreciate what made this country so great. Uh, just a couple of minutes out from news, let's take a quick call. Jason is in Victoria. Hello, Jason. Welcome along. Good, afternoon. Good morning, Neil and Jill Guest. I'd like to say that we should bring back Western culture, teaching the university. It is important because we have been corrupted by these 
dangerous ideologies. We need to change things around again. Uh, Jason, good thoughts there, and uh, just uh, 90 seconds or so up to the news, Augusto, this idea of uh, being corrupted, sometimes we understand how that works in a legal sense when it comes to business and finance, but corruption can happen in by way of uh, of values and who we are as well. Absolutely, and some of these centres, as I can prove, they're actually teaching that um, we should suppress freedom of speech, for instance. I mean, it's impossible in a truly environment of academia to be suppressing different opinions. And, and that's what sometimes dissenters are promoting, values that are actually in conflict with the values that made us a country that is so envied by the rest of the world. Augusto, we'll take some calls again in just a few moments, but we didn't have a lot of time just before the news to respond to a comment that one caller was making, and he suggested that there is some level of corruption at play in universities that deny our Western civilization virtues. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, further on this idea about corruption uh, in, well, in our universities? Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's indeed what is occurring now. Uh, there is no center for Western civilization in Australian universities, I have mentioned. But I also have told your listeners that there are plenty of centers dedicated to the promotion of other civilizations or other cultures. Uh, not necessarily providing a fair and a balanced perspective. I would appreciate if these centers were really able to provide an assessment of their culture that was, I would say, appropriate. For instance, UWA, the University of Western Australia, has a center, and its director uh, has written a couple of articles uh, uh, creating what I find uh, an outrageous moral equivalence between the violence committed by uh, some radicalized Muslims and YouTube videos that can, according to her, inflame emotions across the Muslim world as she, as she uh, describes it. So these videos, uh, she thinks, uh, violate a special place that is assigned to the Prophet. And we would be then motivating, a motivating factor to the sort of intolerance and bigotry that we find it so common within the Muslim community. So this is another point that I have to say that um, uh, we have now uh, people, including this person, who promotes the idea that free speech is what causes violence, you know, and it's actually the other way around, and it's clearly that this person has no idea what uh, the Western civilization is all about in terms of giving her even the freedoms that she can enjoy in this country, but we would never enjoy in, his, in her native one. Okay, let's take another call. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen, or leave a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Christine is on the line from Victoria. Hello, Christine. Welcome along. Christine, are you with us? Christine looks like she's dropped out. Christine, you might like to call us back if there's been a, a mishap with the telephone. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Augusto, let me lead you into a deeper idea of what's happening in universities because, as I understand it, universities claim that they do adequately teach about Western civilization. But the criticism is that those left-leaning professors 
uh, tend to uh, focus on negatives from Western civilization, and they'll ignore the virtues uh, that have made us who we are. What are your thoughts on the way that professors approach Western civilization in the way they teach? Well, they they approach in in the way that um, I would say is derived from their own own worldview. So in many ways, what what happens is that it's not even out of bad faith. It's not even out of uh, uh, intentions that are not uh, uh, good ones. But it's because they also they are also in many ways the victims of their own educational system. As you know, I have been uh, able to access the history curriculum that's taught at high schools in, Austra- in Australia. And I was appalled to see, and I'm very surprised that the federal government is doing nothing about this, that this uh, curriculum doesn't teach anything about Western civilization, at least not, 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 not teaching it properly. Uh, for instance, we have uh, uh, a discussion on Western civilization, but it doesn't go alone. It's actually connected with the Islamic world. We have even, uh, surprisingly, the information that's given to students in Australia that our greatest legacies for even human rights, perhaps they are somehow derived from the Islamic religion. Uh, there is a year eight curriculum uh, that's optional, saying, for instance, that uh, we should discuss the students in Australia, the wonderful levels of tolerance towards um, uh, Jews and, and Christians uh, practiced by the Ottoman Empire. Uh, we know that this is not the case at all, and we know that um, the Ottoman Empire was notorious for persecuting minorities. So what you are having here is the continuation of the same sort of miseducation that students receive at high school level. So some of my uh, academic, fellow academics, it's not so much their fault because they have no idea or real idea of history as it is. They are a product of a system that is about indoctrination and not really the normal teaching of history. Augusto, how much responsibility do you think is on the shoulders of the education minister? Because in one sense, we have a defence minister and, of course, the defence forces of Australia, they protect Australians and they're set up there to keep our borders secure, uh, protect us from any sort of foreign threat. But when there is something a little like a Trojan horse of ideologies into our universities, uh, who do we hope is defending that? Because do you think that there is some responsibility on the education minister uh, to, to be uh, the defender of, of truth and of, uh, of Western civilization virtues? I have absolutely no doubt that he bears the responsibility, even because this uh, problem has been addressed for a long time, and I don't see that uh, the minister is doing a proper job in correcting this situation. And that is a very tragic situation, I must say, because it's a dumbing down of people's uh, uh, students in Australia who are unable to understand uh, what um, what the culture is, unable to understand what uh, brought us um, the levels of tolerance and plurality and diversity that we enjoy so happily in this country. 
So in many ways, if you do not know history, not only we can lose this heritage, but we might be uh, doomed to commit the mistakes of the past. So I think uh, if you have uh, uh, miseducation, I think it's worse than even not having it because your minds are being affected by false and deceptive philosophies. I think what I can hear you saying is that Simon Birmingham, the education minister, is presiding over the dumbing down of Australian universities by allowing the proliferation of miseducation. Is that a good way to summarise the sorts of things you seem to be saying? Well, he knows that we have a problem with the national curriculum, the teaching of history in this country. Uh, I hope he was attending my talk on the subject when I went to Canberra, so he has no excuse to give. If he's doing nothing about that, it's an act of failure of acting, and that's not a good thing at all. Let me ask you, Augusto, because you are yourself a university professor and just the way that a person's education develops, because when you're talking about universities, you have undergraduate degrees, uh, which are more uh, concrete, uh, right and wrong, but you get the higher degrees, uh, master's degrees and PhDs and those such things, and they become more research-oriented and and really, the person who is studying and writing in those research degrees, uh, while they might be overseen by higher uh, lecturers, uh, they're really into this research and discovering these things for themselves. So what's, uh, what's the issue here with people developing through the perhaps the undergraduate level studies when it comes to Western civilization? Well, the, the, the main problem is that if you, if you take a, a, an academic who happens to be uh, highly intolerant to, for instance, uh, uh, different opinions because he has an ide- ideology to uh, impose upon the students, then it's going to be really hard for the student to actually provide a different perspective. I know but I cannot give you names of people who perhaps uh, think that the students should uh, follow the orientation, even ideologically speaking, of the academic. And if this student dares to be an independent thinker, dares to have a critical mind uh, on a particular subject, I think the uh, outcome of this will be uh, the punishment of the students with a lower grade. So uh, what we have to bear in mind is that uh, sometimes the students are not having real capacity to be developing proper critical thinking in this country, and that's really disturbing. As an academic, I have always given the students the freedom to be free thinkers and to think critically on any topic whatsoever. I'm not there to be imposing my worldview, but to present the different perspectives accordingly. Let's move on to something else very controversial, Augusto, and this is perhaps in an area of asking that question, what should Christian leaders, Christian thinkers, Christian university lecturers, what should happen with all of this, perhaps even Christian leaders, Christian politicians, Christians who are leading churches, the idea of the size of Australia's universities, because there is a reported suggestion that we need to have a disruption or a dismantling 
of a small group of Australia's universities that have grown very, very large and very, very powerful and that students need to have more choice about where they actually do their studies. What are your thoughts on the size of universities and what might need to happen? Well, I think this is completely correct, the assessment. I, what I find it a bit disturbing, I must say, is that, um, for instance, think about the Ramsey Center. They still believe that they can send their money to these institutions and, you know, these people will treat them fairly and the kind of teaching provided will be necessarily the ones that uh, they expect to uh, be provided. That's, that's a naive assumption. I think what this center should do is to uh, send money to institutions who want to renew the meaning of the universities, basically to restore the old-fashioned tradition of proper academic environment, where academic freedom is properly respected, where students are treated with utter respect and dignity, and they are not the victims of brainwashing and ideological indoctrination. One of the reasons as to why I left my uh, previous uh, academic uh, environment is because I, th- I felt that I could uh, have more academic freedom where I am now. I am at Sheridan College, and the idea is that we can one day become a full university. And that's the whole idea, that we should perhaps uh, make a better use of our money and certainly not send perhaps our kids to certain universities that will do a very good job in making our kids very, very rapidly lose their faith. Augusto, there might be listeners to our conversation today who are even contemplating where they might study at university and perhaps, uh, you know, getting into a new semester starting. You can sign up and be part of courses uh, and choosing a university is very important. Uh, What are your thoughts on how you might go through a process of working out where you might uh, spend uh, dollars studying for your education and uh, whether you're concerned about what sort of ideologies that might be impressed upon you. What are your thoughts for people who are contemplating doing some study further now? Well, there are some very good uh, Christian institutions being created as they were in the past being created by Christians, uh, I can refer to, for instance, Oxford University, Cambridge, uh, Harvard University, Yale. These were all created by uh, Christian denominations, by Christian people. The point is that Christians decided to uh, withdraw from the culture, and they also employed the wrong kind of people who were there, not necessarily to be respectful of the ethos of the institution, but mainly to be able to gradually, through the wrong march through the institutions, to take over these institutions. So it's very hard for Christians, for instance, to get a job at at certain universities because um, the environment has been now hostile to Christianity. I think what the Christians should do because is to basically honor God using their minds, not only just their hearts. And I think we have the moral duty to be salt and light in this important uh, area of human life 
namely academia. So what we have to do, perhaps, is to create our own institutions and start supporting our institutions. One of the things that really uh, disheartens me is the fact that sometimes Christians have excellent ideas, but they do not get enough support of the Christian community. I think it's very important for us to be acting a little bit more wise, wisely and to support the Christians who are want to, basically want to make the difference and want to create new institutions, renewed institutions in Australia and develop a much better job. I think we can develop a much better job and you can impress the world with our capacity to excel in this particular field. Let me ask you uh, something that is uh, a little deeper and more controversial than we would ordinarily talk about on this program. And when you talk about the idea of Christians not withdrawing from these areas of influence, and uh, if we were reflecting on your background as a Presbyterian, and if we reflected on where Catholics or Anglicans or Evangelicals or Pentecostals might sit, uh, you've got some of those denominational backgrounds that are more inclined to be influential, and some people might use the word incarnational in their approach, uh, to bringing the presence of God, uh, the kingdom of God, you know, uh, as it is in heaven. And then there are those who are more hoping that we'll all be taken out of the picture before any bad stuff happens. Uh, your idea here about uh, about Christians withdrawing, I mean, it's something I think that perhaps needs some discussion and needs to be addressed because somehow or other we're missing it and we're not being as influential as we should be, Augusto. Well, it, in many ways, what what's happening is that... Um, I believe the body of Christ, the, the body of Christ in Australia is waking up. Uh, certainly, uh, if it were not for the um, uh, awareness of Christians in the past, we would have some of these uh, terrible issues, uh, such as even the existence of slavery in the West, not entirely addressed, perhaps even to this present day. I was, I'll tell you that um, uh, if Christians were just passive. We wouldn't have the abolition of slavery by Wilberforce. Certainly, Wilberforce, uh, William Wilberforce, was inspired by the Gospels to be an important uh, influence in his country. Uh, he was told by, by John Newton that it would be better for him, rather than uh, being a, a priest in, in a local uh, parish, perhaps a very... Uh, remote in a remote area of the country, uh, it would be much better for him to use the parliament as a pulpit to proclaim the good news of the gospel, but basically to set the captives captives free and to proclaim the equality of all in the sight of God that ultimately led to the idea that we are all equal before the law and that government is accountable to the rule of law. All this legacy is actually caused by the fact that Christians were trying to, in many ways, successfully exercise the Great Commission. I can hear you say, don't be passive, be active. And this idea of an active Christian person uh, who does, in fact, find a cause and gets involved. Now, choosing a cause, there's lots of great causes. We talk about causes every day on this program. Uh, for some people who are uh, intellectually 
involved in what's happening in their community, uh, certainly a cause of becoming involved in universities, in becoming involved in the issue of what's being taught in schools and universities. These sorts of things are very important, Augusto, and I imagine that if people are gifted that way, they need to look for a cause that involves their gift. How do you think about those sorts of directions for people who might be thinking of doing something more active? Well, I think what they need to do is to... um be uh, consistent to their values and, and beliefs. And certainly Jesus has uh, something very clearly um, to say about this, that is that we should go and proclaim the gospel, but uh, at the same time uh, teaching that uh, this is a gospel of love and justice, because God is a God of justice, and he takes delight in using people. Ultimately, it's not going to be uh, our victory um, only. It's going to be through the work of the Holy Spirit. We do that in order to honor God. And one thing that's very important is that um, uh, faith without work is basically dead. That's what the Bible says. So by doing these things, you are actually not only being salt and light, but you are proving to be a faithful follower of the Lord and Savior. Well, uh, good words of wisdom and insight, and we have come to the end of our conversation, and I want to thank you so much, Augusto Zimmerman, for being part of the conversation today. It's uh, It's been enlightening. It's been good to get your insights into uh, what is happening in universities around Australia, and uh, just mentioning uh, some of your involvements, uh, Professor of Law at Sheridan College Faculty of Business, a professor of Law Adjunct at the University of Notre Dame Australia School of Law, Sydney, and, of course, uh, President of the West Australian Legal Theory Association, Editor-in-Chief of the West Australian Jurist. Can ordinary people who are not lawyers and not academics access some of your writings and materials online? How would people find some of the thoughts of Augusto Zimmerman? Well, certainly they just need to Google my name, and uh, Zimmerman is with double N, by the way, because my grandfather was German. Uh, so, but uh, I am about to launch another book, the volume two of my Christian Foundations of the Common Law. The first volume is on England, is on England. The second volume that's on the way, and I think it will be probably available in about 30 days, it's on the United States of America, the Christian Foundations of the Common Law in America. And then finally we have volume three that's on Australia. You'll be available in about uh, two months or so. Augusto Zimmerman, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today about a seriously important issue. Uh, really appreciate it and look forward to the next time we'll have an opportunity to talk. Augusto thank Zimmerman. Thank you so much, Neil. God bless you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.